Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, and I am back with Eddie Richard. Uh, plenty of things going on with the Ducks. We have a new head coach, Greg Cronin. Lots to talk about with him, so we will dive into that. More trade rumors, of course. We will discuss that. And some Stanley Cup action going on. we got Vegas versus Florida. Tons of fan questions as well. So plenty of things to get to in this show. Uh, before we start, Eddie, how are you doing? Since uh, we haven't we haven't done a show in a little bit, but how how you how you hanging? I'm hanging in there. Uh, busy, busy, busy. Work the business. Um, it's just just been keeping my head busy, I guess, dealing with everything. Um, got some good news at work. I'm not supposed to know this yet, but a uh, little birdie told me I'm getting a promotion soon. So that's actually good to hear. I, I work diligently at my job. I love where I work too, and, and so it's just that's that's kind of good. Had a little trip to Vegas. That was fun. Unfortunately, it wasn't with Mike. I wish I were there. But yeah, I mean, I really can't complain. Just I've been busy, but everything's been going good. It's trending up, and just looking forward to um, like moving along the summer and having the the Ducks make moves and see what's going to happen. And really looking forward to the start of the the next season to throw back some twenty dollar tall cans with you, Mike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was in Vegas too. A uh, different time than you were. I, I was there for Stanley Cup Game 1, which I'll save that experience till the end because we'll talk about uh, you know what's going on with Vegas and Florida and all that. But I was there. I also went to Temecula for a couple nights. Uh, a couple different people I knew got married back-to-back, so I did that and went to Vegas. So I had a crazy busy weekend. Uh, I was out of town for four or five days. Uh, good, good stuff. But uh, came back in town, and next thing you know, the Ducks hired a coach. So that was like the big news this week, obviously. So, um, Greg Cronin. We forgot. Yeah. We forgot one more important detail of the show that I'm sure people are going to get really upset if we don't discuss it right now. <laughs> what are you drinking, Mike? What are you drinking? I I, I, <laughs> you, I, I knew, knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew you were going to go there. Uh, I have vodka and Red Bull. What are you drinking? I have a White Claw, Black Cherry, love White Claw, and I have a Pink Whitney Shooter. So uh, I'm good to go, ready for the show, getting my drink on. This is uh, this is party time now on a podcast, so Hell, let's rock and roll. Hell yeah, man. Uh, when I, I'm going to save it, but I got tons of stuff to talk about at Vegas at, towards the end of the show. I'm going to save that because I, I want to get to all the duck stuff first. <laughs> but... There was a lot of drinking in Vegas, but anyways. Um, well, I mean, duh. You know what's yeah. great about Vegas? It's what's great about Vegas and, and great about these little dive bars, these hole in the wall dive bars. No matter how drunk you are, there's always someone. Our people are more people, more drunk than you are. You're never like like that drunk person in Vegas. Like, it's like I I, I remember I walked into a dive bar once. And I was pretty lit. I was like, let's go to this dive bar. I guarantee I'll sober up because there's going to be someone 10 times worse than I am. I walk in the dive bar and this guy's on the floor already. I'm like, oh, yes, just like Vegas. So, all right, Mike, let's go ahead and talk about this so we can uh, talk about more Vegas experiences. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it to the end. So those of you listening, you got to wait till the end. But uh, uh, <laughs> just a reminder, this is uh, part of the Old City Sports Network, uh, the drinking podcast, I guess. But... Uh, yeah, so 
So went to Vegas. <laughs> we had to have Jesse. We had to have Jesse get us a a, a beer sponsor or a liquor sponsor. <laughs> as much as we talk about alcohol, we're giving him free advertising for White Claw and Pink Whitney. We, we need to get Jesse a, to to get us a beer sponsor. We can be drinking that on the show and give them shout uh, shout outs. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, okay, so got back from Vegas <laughs> after the, <laughs> after the Knights won the first game and. Uh, I believe it was Monday, the Ducks made the announcement that they hired Greg Cronin and they had a whole bunch of uh, press conferences and whatnot. And uh, this name wasn't really a surprise, I guess. I mean, the, uh, Cronin's name was floating out there. Um, we didn't really know who, who a front runner was or anybody like that. There wasn't really any hints or anything like that. And then, boom, comes out. Um, the Ducks posted first that it was him. And they had their press conference, and Verbeek was talking about him, talking about you know developing a culture, having a good uh, work ethic. Uh, he th- he thinks he's going to bring good energy and develop the players. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, it seems super positive. All all the the initial reaction that that I got and what a lot of people uh, got out there, uh, like his attention to detail, really trying to have structure to the systems, work on the fundamentals. And teaching was a big part of it that Verbeek liked uh, talking um, to him. And he also felt that he was an old school coach, but he had new school teaching. Uh, For those of you that don't know, he started coaching back in the late 80s. So, you know, he's got over five decades of experience and seeing how, you know, generations change and everything like that. So, I I don't know. I mean, for my initial reaction, I I liked what I saw, Eddie. I mean, what what did you think initially when they when they announced them? You know, were you did you think like positive or were you skeptical or how how did you feel after the initial announcement came out? I think it was a great hiring. Uh, He did a great job over there with the Eagles. He he has a lot of uh, people talk highly of him. Everything he he spoke about. It just it just his press conference, you can just see him oozing with passion and jumping at the opportunity to to have this. I know he he interviewed last se- or last summer with a lot of other clubs. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't uh, get them, and he mentioned that in his press conference too. But I, I think it, it it's ready. I think this is going to be a step in the right direction. I don't think it's going to be like a, a bridge coach where he's just going to be here just for the rebuild and they're going to fire and bring someone else. I think this is someone that can actually. Uh, like you said, bring that old school mentality, but have that that new school feel. Like you you just can't be a dick to these players. You can't just like harp on them and and grind them down day in day day in and day out. You have to actually have a, a happy balance and happy medium. Um, all the Colorado group chats too on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter have nothing but good things to say about him and wish him all the best and what he's done to the Eagles. It's just. It's good. I think this is a really good hire for the Ducks, and I'm looking forward to see how he develops um, this culture and how he can. Uh, the best thing I said to um, I talked to you too, Mike, and guys, I, guys and girls, out of like how many years I've been saying I want this team to have an identity, and one of the things he mentioned that he wants to grab an identity for this team, and he wants the Ducks to to be a, a, a serious team. Yeah, we're still in the rebuilding phase, but we're not going to just lay back and and let people walk all over us. We have to have that kind of nasty side and have that skill and and really compete i mean look at buffalo what what they're doing and all the time it took for buffalo to actually uh, to get up there yeah unfortunately they didn't make the playoffs but this the turnaround in their team and how they were playing this season was something it, it was fun hockey to watch and he and that coach over there brought out the best of the players that that people you know thought that wasn't going to happen like jeff skinner making the, the money he makes people were calling him 
he should be uh, he should be bought out. He should do this, but he had one of the best seasons of his career. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the organization and how he can help our our young guys develop, um, and maybe help facilitate some trades with Colorado too. He has that. He he knows the players over there. He knows um, their ceilings and their potential. So that's kind of a thing too that we can uh, we can keep in the back of our pocket. But I, I was pretty happy. And um, the Lauren Wagner too on uh, on one of my Facebook friends. She uh, posted something saying that she's glad that uh, we actually got um, a, a brand new, fresh face and not have a recycled coach. And I, I 110% agree with her. I'm glad it's someone fresh, someone that's, that's passionate, that's fired up. It's his first NHL head coaching job. So I think he's he's ready to go, and I'm pretty sure he's, he's excited to change the culture in Anaheim. And I'm excited to be here, and I, I, I'll be more than happy to to pay you know, $20 tall can uh, prices just to watch his first game uh, on opening night and watch him coach the hopefully the Ducks uh, winning opening night. Yeah, you hit on a couple uh, good points there, Eddie. Uh, one of them is the connection with Colorado. Uh, they He had talked to Joe Sackick. He talked about that. And he thought, Sackick did, that Cronin would be a good fit uh, with Verbeek. And that's kind of what I've gleamed from all like the press conference interviews, some of the podcasts that the Ducks put out. They both have that same mentality. They want to be hard to play against. Um, they want to be competitive, establish the right kind of culture and identity. So I think that's huge. There's also those connections with Korea. Korea also played with Colorado. He's in you know talks uh, still with Sakic. Cronin uh, recently went surfing with Korea, so there's a, there's a lot of like you know connections with the Ducks and Colorado, and all, and all that kind of worked out too as well. So I, I think that is a huge part of it. And you're right; I'm curious to see if anything does come of the Ducks and Avalanche doing any kind of trades or anything like that. Maybe because you know we we heard way back when we talked about uh, Getzloff possibly going to Vegas and Colorado. You know, back when it was like he was chasing the cup. So. Um, you know, there, there may be some of that there. And uh, and some of the coaching jobs that he had when he was at Maine, he also coached um, Korea there too as well. So there's that connection as well. Uh, you know, just a lot, a lot of different uh, relationships uh, that work out. You know, they're very, very important in life. Um, they're very, very important in sports. And, and obviously hockey is no different. So he's got these relationships um, established before with some of these people. And I think that that helped work to his advantage. Uh, we know how much influence um, Korea and Solani had when uh, the Verbeek selection went down. So I, I'm sure that they um, had some input in this, maybe more so Korea this time around, uh, with his connections you know, being coached by him and the Colorado connection as well. So I, I think that's a huge part of it. The other thing you touched on too as well is the whole identity aspect. Uh, I think you've been screaming that from the rooftops for the last couple oh, years yeah. on the podcast about the identity. I have too, but I think more so you. And their whole thing about being uh, you know, tough to play against. And the Ducks haven't been tough to play against. We, we saw last season they gave up the most shots against in the history of the league since they were you know, keeping that stat. I mean, that's fucking horrible i i mean you know i'm the i and by the way i dropped the first f-bomb so i got you eddie um but (laughs) (laughs) but but i mean it's it's horrible i mean the way the ducks were last year the defense was so piss poor i mean and we talked about all this stuff we talked about uh, on the show about vodka nine getting hurt talked about drysdale getting hurt 
uh, you know, all these different things that, that there was stuff that added to it as well. But still, they had a very, very hard time trying to protect Gibson and do these things in the net defensively as well. And it was just really, really tough. So it seems like they're on the same wavelength, Verbeek and Cronin, which I like. He wants to really, you know, he feels like he's a good fit. Um, he helped build up the U.S. Uh, development team as well, which Verbeek talked about. So he's like, hey, he's had experience doing that. He's been an assistant coach with the Islanders before and uh, Toronto as well, twice with the Islanders. So, yeah, he hasn't been an NHL coach, but he's got experience as an assistant coach. And he had a lot of success with the, the Eagles. You know, uh, in the last five years, his record was 164 uh, 104 and 30, almost the 60% winning percentage in the AHL. So, I mean, that's nothing to snuff at. You know, he, I mean, he has had success there. But I think the big thing, too, is that he understands where um, the culture is going with the game. You touched on it, too, about with the players. You can't just be the old school, like, whipping the players and beating them down. I mean, yeah, we laugh about, you know, uh, you know, watching... Um, you know, uh, I forgot the damn movie, uh, Miracle on Ice. You know, we laugh about, you know, again, again, and all that stuff, and, and having to run down the line, which, I mean, there still is some of that, but but he's got new school techniques as well, and I'm really curious to see how that works out because you've got a team with tons of talent, but I, I think they lack direction and identity is the biggest thing, and I and I and I liked Dallas Akins. I you know I for for the faults that he had, I, I think his his uh, lineup optimization maybe was not the best, but Cronin might be the guy that's like he's that boss that's hard on you, but he's also that boss that that you want to work for and please and do well. I, that that's just kind of my initial overall view, Eddie. That that's kind of my big takeaway from you know the the bunch of podcasts and press conference. Yeah, and I'm glad you t- like touched on that too because that's important. Like my boss is real. He's you know retired military along with half the people I work with, but he's real stern. But he, he he's he's a good guy. He wants he wants a certain expectation. I think this is our new coach. We had to think of a nickname for him too, so we had to think about that when I'm talking, but. Yeah, he, he touched on a lot of good things. He, he wants – the whole thing, too, he's fired up. He's motivated for this. And you're talking about the identity and stats, too. The Ducks ranked 31st um, on hits per team for last season. They only had uh, 1,214 hits. It's like hockey's a hard-hitting game. I know the game is changing. It's, it's more skill-wise. But you're not going to win games. You're not going to create time and space if you're not throwing the body around. So I really hope – our new coach really emphasizes on that. He brings someone to, uh, to protect our, our our young stars like Zegris, like Terry. We have a bunch of of, of blossoming superstars in, in the making coming up for the prospect wise. So uh, we need some some grit and it's like yeah. I mean I don't think the Ducks are going to be uh, actually the Ducks aren't going to be in a playoff position next season. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Uh, we're still a ways away, but I think we're trending in the right direction, and I think he's going to help build a team and build a culture that's going to like trend this team to that direction where we're going to be dominant and powerful. And I think we have one of the best, if not the best, uh, pipeline prospects in the whole National Hockey League, and we're getting the second overall pick. I know it's not the first, but we're still going to get a special player, and I'm looking forward to that. So 
I'm looking forward to what he does. I do want to try to catch some of the practices. Uh, I can do work from home sometimes, so maybe I can just sneak my laptop over there and connect to Wi-Fi and work while I'm watching the Ducks practice. But I do want to see how he runs the practices. And him having his first uh, coaching job in the National Hockey doesn't really mean anything. Look at Marty St. Louis in uh, Montreal. He went from coaching kids hockey, his kids team, or whatever that he played for, the coaching National Hockey uh, League team, and he's it's paying dividends. He had players that really exceeded Montreal still in that rebuilding phase too, but they made significant strides forward and, and he got some of his players to have some of the best seasons of their careers so far. So, I mean, that, that should, really shouldn't play a factor. And like I mentioned too, of Lauren's post on Facebook, it's good to have a fresh, a fresh new face, fresh ideas and, and kind of bring that coaching style, uh, his own personal coaching style to what you have. And he came from Colorado. He, he's learning from one of the best teams in the National Hockey League and one of the best AHL teams in, uh, in the American Hockey League. So that can't really um, that can't really hurt us. And one thing, too, I forgot to mention, Alec Gachenyuk, and I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but he's a journeyman. He's been one of seven, eight teams in the last, like, what, five or six uh, seasons. But he got the best out of him playing in the AHL in um, Colorado over there, and they signed him to that AHL contract, and he, he made his way up. Another thing, too, he wants to um, – he uh, him and Verbeek mentioned in the press conference that they want to have players and build players or they can call them up and they can stay up. So I really like that mentality where you want to develop a player properly, bring them up for the goal for them to stay up. So that's something that I really like. And I'm actually excited. I'm looking forward to it. I think this, this is a great hire. I'm glad that we didn't go with one of the big names, uh, recycled coaches. Uh, I think this is going to pay um, dividends for the Ducks. And I mean, obviously, being dead last in Lee, there's nowhere we can go but up. Hey, Cronin the Barbarian is going to take us up. All right, Eddie. Ah, the Barbarian. I love that. You got to make a. You got to make a shirt. You got to make a shirt. That was the name I first thought of. I was like Cronin the Barbarian. I'm like I'm going with that. I mean, maybe we should do a Twitter poll and see what people think. Throw yeah, out some no, other no, you names. Gotta tweet the, you got to you got to tweet that out right now. <laughs> we'll throw. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Throw out throw out some names, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm with you too, though. I, I'm glad we didn't recycle like anybody. Like um, the last show that I had with my special guest, we were talking about. Babcock and I was like, oh man, I don't, I don't want Babcock. And then you know we had Carlisle twice. I'm like, no, no, no. Like we, we need a fresh start. And I like that. I like Cronin. Uh, they, you know, Verbeek talked about uh, McIlvain too. And it seems like all three of them were kind of on the same page. So I like that. And you touched on some good points too that uh, Verbeek mentioned as well is that he watched the Colorado Eagles play and noticed how tough that they played against the Gulls. And the way that they, um, the way that their game uh, focused on, and I thought this was important too, because in some of these interviews they were talking about, oh, are the Ducks going to focus on defense, right? And like you know, protecting the goalie, because uh, you know we know our blue line sucked, like we talked about. But he was like, no, the part of it is you got to focus on the offense, you got to focus on puck possession, you got to focus on getting the, you know, uh, in the offensive zone, establishing uh, possession, getting good looks at the net, and things like that. And that's true. I mean, sometimes the best defense is a good offense. And the Ducks didn't have that last year. Let's just be honest. Most of the shot attempts were not quality chances. You looked at the analytics. You looked at the heat maps. And the dist- the shots were uh, at a distance. And I thought it was interesting because Cronin brought out some stats. And I didn't even know this. But he talked about, hey, if you take shots at a distance with no screen, your chance of scoring is 1% or less. If you have a screen, then it's around 12%. 
as you get in closer and if you do some cross-size passes east-west, then it goes up to 38%. And I'm like, holy crap, dude. This is like this guy knows these stats. I, I didn't even know those numbers. and But it makes sense. And we saw that with the Ducks. I mean, Eddie and I, you and I both have talked about it on the show. Like, how many times have we said, hey, get somebody in front. Get a screen. Try and make a, a pass. Somebody come in, you know, back door, sneak it down low. Do something. And uh, he knows all these stats. He's big on analytics. Knows how to translate it in, into the... Uh, the, the players but he also made another point I thought was interesting he's all you need to know the person not just the player and I can really relate to that because those those of you that know me outside of this hockey stuff and know what I do in the real world I, I supervise a team of people and absolutely I, I like to get to know people I like to know like what they like to do you know, are they, you know, are they married? Do they have kids? Like, you know, what are their hobbies? Things like that. I like to get to know the person and, and from there, like figure out how they think and how I can get the most out of that person. And a big key is knowing how they are at work and how they perform being the quote player, right? As in hockey. And then, but part of it is also knowing the person, knowing their strengths and weaknesses, their likes, their dislikes, uh, and how they function as a team. Because I have a team that I supervise, and they all got to get along together and work well together. If they don't, we're going to have problems. And luckily, I have, I have a really uh, good team of people that I, I supervise. They like do an outstanding job. And that that's the same translation with hockey or any sport, right? You, you, you have to have a team, and you've got to know each person individually and how they work out. It's kind of like what they talked about in Miracle on Ice, too, in that movie, when the coach... They're all like, you're crazy. You're picking all these players. No, it, it, you know, he's picking the players by knowing their game and their personalities and how they fit together and how they work. And that's what I think is going to be interesting is to see Cronin take this team and start talking to all the players and trying to figure out how it works. Because there was some concern you know, that Elliot Freeman brought up on one of his recent podcasts that people were saying, well, how is Cronin and Zegras going to work out? Because you've got Zegras, as we've talked about, who, who does all these great things. But then at times can be a little bit immature. So how, do you, how does that fit in there? And they think that Cronin will push Zegras and push the other players and test them. But the key is, is, is Zegras receptive to it, which which Elliot Freeman said he thinks he would be. And I'm hoping that all these other players on there too, Drysdale, Terry, uh, McTavish, right? He had a great season last year. I, I think that's the biggest thing is that he, if he gets to know all these players, establishes the right kind of culture and vision that he wants... I think that's huge, and I think that's a big part of understanding it. Um, people, just knowing people and how to get the most out of them. And part of them, part of that is that personal touch. You you can't just be the hard ass or be a robot. You, you if you have some personality and you reach out that way to people, I I think it goes a long way. And they talked about that too in some of these interviews about getting to know people, uh, them getting to know him, showing that personal side uh, of yourself. So. Uh, kind of put a lot in there, but you know, I, I think that's huge uh, in any sport is is knowing your people, uh, relating to your people, showing that, that you want to know about them, that you care, and then trying to take them to that next level, which I, I think he can do that for the Ducks, Eddie. I, I 100, 110% agree with you, and him coming from coaching college, coaching uh, the American Hockey League, he, he's used to those younger personalities, some of them that are, are, are blossoming superstars, like, yes, we like we all know Zegris is really uh, exuberant and his personality, it, it, it goes out there. But at the, at the end of the day, he wants to win. He wants to compete. He's a competitor. He's 
he's our franchise player. I, I can say it's actually good to, to say that that uh, about Zegris. Yeah, you talk about immaturity. I mean, at his age, who's not immature at that age? No matter what, you can really can't hold uh, these players to a higher standard because they're professional athletes. They're still young. They're, they're still kids. I mean, I'm 36 and I still make some immature decisions sometimes. So I got to check myself here and there. But I think he, he can find that balance and he can really uh, really help these players develop and get the best games out of them. Like I said, uh, Galchaniuk, that, that was a, that was kind of hard for him to have to go through all those teams, being a, a former first-round uh, first draft pick. Not overall, but first-round draft pick. He's just been bounced around, but... He got his best game in the American Hockey League, and I really, I, I'm, I'm shooting for him to hopefully make it back to the, to the National Hockey League and see what he can do. So, um, wish him all the best. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be good. I think Drysdale. I think McTavish is, he's a young kid, but he's super, super mature. Like I, I think that young kid is more mature than I am. Like man, just the way he holds himself, the way he talks, the way he plays the game. Um, he's, uh, people have been talking about him be, uh, being the next Ducks captain, just the way he is, um, podcast. I think the, the last podcast he did, and I forgot the name and I apologize. Uh, who was the guy he did the podcast with? Uh, I have to pull it back up. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it was a really, really good show. It, it felt good to listen to you and him talk about it, but I, I think he mentioned, and oh yeah, he did mention about McTavish being really mature and, and ready to take that, that role on and. And I think it's a it's a good step. He had a great rookie season. He was a Calder finalist. Um, uh, he, he he just he gets in the right places, and he's the kind of player that gets in the spots where the puck's gonna be. So I, I think he's special. But yeah, I, I think this uh, our new coach, uh, the bar, the barbarian, is gonna really uh, bring the best of our players, and he's gonna blossom. Zegris, he's gonna blossom. Terry's gonna blossom. McTavish, Drysdale. Zawiger, if he actually if he makes the team, he had a great season. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the big question mark is uh, what's going to happen in net. But I'm not going to come into the season expecting the Ducks to make the playoffs. It's not going to happen. I just want them to prove, improve. Like I always say, each each time we do a, a podcast, I want them to improve from every stats they have, especially on the power play. I want them to get that grit, that hitting up. I want teams to come to Anaheim. And not think they're just going to go spend the day at Disneyland and go play the Ducks later on. No, I want them to actually get prepared for this game. And if they're not prepared, they're going to uh, they can prepare to get their asses kicked. That's what I really want from this team. I want that that grit, that passion, that fire back of Ducks hockey like back in the day. It was just those dirty Ducks. I, I want that identity. And I'm sorry I, I mentioned it again, identity. But I want that back. And I think this coach is going to bring it. And I'm really excited to see what it brings and he said all the right things i hope he's not lying to me if he is and i'm gonna go to honda center and i'm gonna walk up to his face with my chest pump and i'm gonna get my fist ready and i'm just gonna tell him you know what coach you're not doing a good job and walk away and buy a 20 dollars beer <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the the last show that i did it was it was with john mcwilliams and that one you can check out it's also on youtube there's actually the live video uh, of us talking and then uh, of course on all your other platforms and everything and you're right he John came on and he talked about uh, we talked about a lot of stuff that was that was a really good show it was kind of a spur oh, yeah. a spur of the moment I was afraid I, I was like am I getting replaced like shit <laughs> but no it was a good show I, uh, hopefully we can get him on the show with all three of us and talk some hockey yeah, he's also part of the Old City Sports Network, and um, we were just talking about stuff, and he, he was really fond of McTavish being captain, 
That's what he thought. And I was like, huh, okay. I threw out Terry in that podcast we did listen to. But you can go back and check it out. Um, and, and don't forget that we have a bunch of sponsors. Um, Norse Beards is one of them. Uh, for all your grooming needs, uh, use the code OCSN for a discount. And I put all the other sponsors. I, I don't get through all of them on the show. Sorry, Jesse. But they're all in the description box. Um, you can go on there with all the discounts and, and whatnot. But, yeah, we talked about that. McTavish was one of the ones on there. Um, I, I think the other part that you talked about too, Eddie, is the whole, you know, dirty ducks thing. They talked about a tough guy and I like, I like what Cronin said. He's like, you know, I, I need the fourth line to be an energy line. I need the fourth line to be a momentum, momentum line. I feel like the last few years, our fourth line was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Um, maybe, maybe last year was a little bit better. You had Carrick on there and he was mixing some stuff up, which I, I love that dude. He, you know, he brings stuff like that. But, but that's what you need on the fourth line. You need a line that's going to create that energy and momentum. It's going to pin the puck down there and get, and get some offense. And he was talking about hitting players, which you talked about, Eddie, how the Ducks were you know at the bottom of the league. And he said, hey, you need to hit the other team. And then you the goal is, is twofold. You don't want to just hit somebody to hit somebody. You want to hit them, knock them off the puck, create a turnover. Uh, maybe you get the puck and then you make a play. Uh, maybe you break up an offensive chance and, and set the team going the other way, stuff like that, which is true. The Ducks weren't doing that. I mean, uh, like you said, the teams would come in, skate in the Ducks' blue line, you know, score goals, set up on the power play, whatever, and then go to fucking Disneyland after the game. I mean, it, it was stupid. I mean, I, I felt like that's what a lot of teams thought. And what was what really pissed me off last season is when we would play teams and they would have their backup goalie in there against us all the time. Because they're like, ah, it's the Ducks. We'll just put in the backup goalie. Don't worry about it. I mean, it was like, if I'm on that team, I'd be like, you're going to put in the backup goalie? Screw you. I'm going to try and score a hat trick on your backup goalie to show you. like, Because to me, that's an insult. That's like, your team sucks. Your team sucks. I'm putting in the backup goalie. Yeah, what? what? And, and then you still lose. It's like, dude. And that's what was happening with us last year. It was like, nothing went right for this team. Um, and, and I just feel like it's it's different. If it's a back-to-back situation and they put in the backup goalie, I get it because depends on who they're playing the night before, whatever. But when they put in the backup goalie and it's just a regular, you know, not a back-to-back situation, I'm like, come on, dude. And we saw some teams do that. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're killing me. So I did like that discussion about the tough guy. I like the discussion about the fourth line, too. That was very, very important to me because I think the – the key to winning, you look at Vegas, you look at Florida and what they've done, you look at Colorado and what they've done, and and, and recent team, the Kings going back to, you know, uh, 2012, 13, that, that time period, the, you know, Blackhawks, even though we hate them, but whatever. They These teams that, if you look at the teams that are going deep in the playoffs, what are they doing? They're rolling four lines. They have that that ability to do that and create energy, create chances. The, the puck possession numbers, we can argue all day long. Sometimes teams have really great numbers and go all the way, and sometimes teams have so-so numbers. But the key is, can you roll four lines? Can you constantly do that and, and, and create pressure on the other team? And then can you get timely goals on uh, special teams? That, that's always part of it, too. And then, of course, you have to have decent goaltending, which uh, John and I talked about. It. You don't necessarily have to have an all-star goalie, but you, you, you have to have a goalie that's hot, that's on it, and of course you have to have a decent blue line. That you know, if you don't have a decent blue line, uh, you're screwed. And the Ducks didn't have a decent blue line last year. That, that I mean, we all know that. So um, I like the mentality. I like where we're going. 
I, I mean, you've got the, the bench things all kind of set up. You, you've got previous connections with Carlisle. Even uh, Sudsy, the goalie coach, was with the Islanders uh, in the early 2000s when um, Cronin was there too. So you got a lot of positive things and connections. I, I like what I'm seeing. Um, it's just what's going to happen in the draft. You know, what's going to happen with free agency? We still got players to re-sign. What's going to happen with all that stuff? But uh, right now, the Ducks are turning upward, Eddie. Oh, yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. And just a little breaking news from the Stanley Cup final. Brandon Montour scored the goal on the fourth shot for the Penguins. The Penguins are, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the Panthers. <laughs> I'm thinking about the Penguins already. No, the Panthers are up one nothing right now um, in the first period. And congratulations to former Duck Brandon Montour. He had a baby uh, the other day. I saw a post or today. Um, so congratulations to him and his significant other for that. But yeah, you know what? Everything you talked about, everything you're going like, I, I want to reiterate and say the same thing. But you said it already. But I 110% agree. Uh, Carrick was one of those guys that was providing the energy on that fourth line. Uh, he uh, fluctuating between the third and fourth line, and he, he brought that. And he he was putting us some points too. I think I want to say he had a career uh, year in points this season, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he 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 brought some energy, and we need that. Especially the Ducks are just, it just seemed like it was flat all these games, Mike. It just seems like I was uh, I, I was anticipating a brutal loss times I went to the games with you and I just Ubered. I spent the money on Uber because I knew I was going to get drunk at the game and like forget about the game. But I think this season is going to be a little bit different. I mean, obviously we're not going to be uh, a contending team and we're probably going to be in the bottom, but I think it's going to be a significant turnaround and we're going to see a different system, a different play from this team. You know what I'm looking forward to, Mike? Too? I don't know if you caught this in the in the press uh, the press interview. He can turn a Zamboni a driver to be in the first power play. We <laughs> got to find out the Zamboni driver's name for the Ducks and see if he's willing to um, come on the show and, and, and see if he what he thinks about being potentially on the power play, the first power play, and scoring some goals. <laughs> yeah, that I remember that comment. I was laughing. I was like, what? <laughs> I, it made me think of a chance. I was like, oh, my God, I'm a beer league girl. I'm a beer league player. Like, I barely play beer league now. I play, like, <laughs> once once a week, if that. But it made me feel like, oh, I can try to try out for the Ducks for the power play. Zamboni guy can do it. <laughs> Maybe I can. But, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Zamb- Zamboni thing seems like it's really hard to drive. So I, I'll pass on that. But, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing we sign our uh, Zamboni driver. We trade him for future considerations. And let's see what assets we can get for that. <laughs> Your favorite future considerations. Well, I'm still going to make a jersey. That, that's my goal for this season, to get a future considerations jersey. I know. You love it, dude. You love it. Um, all right. With, with that, uh, we'll, we'll still talk about Crone a little bit, but there's other stuff floating around about the Ducks. We'll kind of talk about some of the trade rumors and things going on. Then we'll kind of wind up with the Stanley Cup and what's going on in the league and whatnot. But uh, uh, you, you had Gibson and Henrique's name come up again. Uh, trade rumors with Cervelli and some of the others and whatnot. Uh, Cervelli had his, um, you know, top, I think it was 25 trade list. He had Gibson on their 10th, Henrique at 12th. And uh, we got a lot of fan questions too. We had Ben White 305 on Instagram, you know, asked about thoughts of trading Gibson to the Penguins, which Eddie was thinking about already. That's why he brought that up. Uh, the Sabres and the Red Wings, uh, you know, for another high, high round pick. I, I have mixed feelings on this. 
because Sarah Bailey's like, well, you know, Gibson let the Ducks know that, quote, he's ready for a change of scenery. I'm like, okay, well, we've heard that before. You know, and Pittsburgh came up. And then, you know, are the Ducks going to retain salary and all that? I, I don't know. And then people were going back to the Ducks migration event and what Verbeek said. And, oh, you can't trust Verbeek, you know, like what he said. But if you really look at what Verbeek said, he said he wasn't going to trade Gibson at that time unless you had another number one goalie ready to go. So Verbeek gave himself an out there. That's what he did. And, and if you didn't see that article, we have it posted. Um, I, I retweeted it, and I have the exact quote in there. I actually have the audio, too. If anybody wants the audio, I'll send it to you uh, of that whole thing. And it's also, I think, on YouTube as well. I think the Ducks put up that whole event on their um, Ducks channel. But he gave himself an out. So I think the question with Gibson is whether or not he wants to change the scenery or goes whatever, honestly, like that doesn't really mean shit to me. I mean, it doesn't. Because the thing is, is that he and Verbeek already talked during the season last year. Have they talked again? We don't know. But what does Verbeek view? Does he view Gibson as the guy that he wants to keep on rolling with? Or does he think Dostal is the one that's going to come in? Or is there somebody out there that he thinks can take this team to the next level and is worth trading for it with Gibson and the thing. So I think that's the question really to ask. And, and we don't know. We don't, you know, Verbeek keeps things very close to the chest. He kept this, you know, coaching selection very close to the chest. Um, so I, I, I don't know. And, and we always hear Pittsburgh because Gibson's from there and has family from there. I, I get it. I mean, yeah, that could be a likely spot. But uh, the other part of this too is you have Cronin now in there. And, and is Cronin going to uh, invigorate Gibson more uh, is he going to invigorate the rest of the, the players on the team, which we've talked about too? So, I think there's a lot of variables right now. To me, my my gut tells me that Gibson doesn't get traded this summer. That's what my gut tells me. I I, I think they're going to go through the draft. They're going to figure out free agency. They've got to resign some people, right? They they've got to figure out Zegers's contract, Drysdale's, Terry's, uh, Comtois. Another name we'll mention here in a minute, but. That's kind of my feel on it, Eddie. I mean, I know Gibson's name has come up for the last like two or three years now, but I think with a new coach, new GM, I don't know. I, I just I, I don't see him go unless if I'm wrong. Maybe Verbeek thinks Dostal's the guy and he goes with him. Then then I'm wrong. But I, I I don't know. I just don't I don't see it happening right now. That that that's that's kind of where I feel, and that's just my personal belief but what, what do you think about this whole Gibson thing since this name's been thrown around a couple times again yeah I, I had to respectfully disagree with you I think it's uh he will be traded this season I think uh by the draft if not I don't think Gibson will be on the Ducks roster opening night um when we come October at all um with Verbeek his statements of course you're not going to sit there and advertise the teams that your goal your your number one goalie that's one of the top goalies I want to say top 10 still even though he had a, a shitty season. He still had the, the .899 save percentage on a shitty team. So he still has value. And I think Gibson wants to, to a chance to win a Stanley Cup before his prime is over. And he's he's not getting younger. Um, uh, and Verbeek's not going to sit there and advertise that because it drops Gibson's value. He's going to want to say, hey, we're going to keep him a number one, our number one goalie until we have another, another starter to increase his value. You're not going to like show your, your cards at a poker table to the other players. So I don't even know why I made a poker reference. I don't even play poker, but it, it, it sounded good. But you no, know, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a smart move, and and I really see um, 
like I said, I, I think Gibson will be gone. And you know what? It him uh, Lisa Dillman too of uh, Orange County Register. She confirmed that too. What Frank Saravelli uh, said that he re- requested that trade a month prior to Saravelli uh, posting that. So she um, she she confirmed that too. She's uh, a good reporter, and her uh, her reputation succeeds herself. So um, I just think Gibson just it's time to move on. Um, he's he's given all he can for the Ducks. He hasn't really given that opportunity, and a lot of players want that opportunity to excel. And I think if he goes to a playoff contending team, he he can have a chance to win a Stanley Cup, and that's important. And he he gave a lot to the Ducks, and. I think it's time to move on. Even if we don't have an established number one goalie, I mean, this team's not going to be a playoff team next season. So, I mean, why are we concerned about a, a, a franchise or a number one goalie right now when we're still trying to find the identity of this team and see what we have and how long this rebuilding is going to take? I say two to three years. So why not just trade Gibson right now where teams are still mouthing at him? And he was on the trade block last uh, last uh, offseason too. Just the price was way too high for him. Uh, I'm glad it was high, and and teams this season are really chomping at the bits to to win a Stanley Cup. You have Buffalo, and I, I talked to, on our group chat too. Buffalo is right there, um, ready to make that next step, and they have a lot of assets. They have a lot of goalie, or uh, they have a goalie uh, Levi that uh, that they started, and he played pretty well, but he's still young. He's only 21 years old. He only had five, well, seven, no, seven games in National Hockey League. Bringing someone like Gibson there can really significantly bring their chances up to actually uh, making the playoffs for the first time in God knows how many years. And they have a lot of assets, too, that we can bring back to us. Uh, they have a, a young goalie, Uka Pekka Lekanainen. I hope I said his name right. He's only 24 years old, 6'5". He's, he's built. He's a little bit inconsistent from last season. Sometimes he had some stellar games. Sometimes he didn't. He, uh, he lost the starting spot to uh, Craig Anderson and Mike Comrie at times, but still I think he has a lot of potential and that could be something that can be a number one goalie when he develops and and, and grows into that, to that game and gets used to it. Remember, goalies take a lot more longer to develop than any position in hockey. Uh, so I think that that would be something that we should consider and they have a lot of young guys that really excelled. Uh, one of the guys I keep talking about, um, I talked about numerous shows of Victor Olfelson. He scored 28 goals this season. His shot has been one of the best shots in the National Hockey League. Listening to a podcast on Spitting Chicklets, uh, McKinnon was talking about his shot too. Just an incredible uh, like release. Him on the power play, him on the first line with someone like Zegers feeding him passes and his, his, how strong his shot is and how fast it is. I think it could pay instant dividends for the Ducks. And he's only, uh, he's only 27 too, so he has a lot more years before he starts declining. So I, I think that's something that, that, that we can look forward. Obviously, you're going to hear Toronto's name because no matter who's trading or what, Toronto's always in the mix of everything. Um, you can have talk about a football or basketball player and Toronto's in the mix for it for some reason. <laughs> but you have that. You have Edmonton that had uh, that could have went further, but their goaltending was the issue. Uh, Stuart Skinner is still young. Um, he took over the reins for Jack Campbell. So that's a possibility, and you can't like knock on the LA Kings. And I hate the Kings just as much as every Ducks fan does, but Rob Blake, the GM, really does a good job at building his roster and doing a good job, and he's willing to take chances. And and Gibson grew up here; his life is here, or not grew up here, but he he was drafted here. He, he spent most of his life here, and I, I can see him possibly wanting to 
to go to the Kings, see to stay in the area, not putting that that team on his list. And yeah, it's not going to happen. Where Ducks are going to trade with the Kings, it's going to be a like three way trade where the, the Ducks will trade with someone else, and then they'll trade them to LA, just like LA traded Martin Jones to Boston, and Boston returned, turned around, and traded Martin Jones to San Jose, something like that. And the Pittsburgh thing, I know he's from Pittsburgh, but. I mean, Pittsburgh is probably one more season where they're going to try to make the playoffs. But after that, I don't really see them contending. And it's not going to be like beneficial to Gibson. Like, well, why are you going to go to a team that's going to be in the same situation where you are right now, where they're going to back in that rebuild and you're just going to be jumping in and kind of chasing a cup? It just doesn't make sense to me. I, I know people are so high on it because he's from Pittsburgh and everything, but it doesn't really play a factor. He wants to win. He's a competitive person. And I think whichever team that he gets traded to has a really good chance at winning the Stanley Cup because he's a stellar goal goaltender. He just wants that opportunity to, to showcase himself and and to have the opportunity to win the Stanley Cup. And I, I don't blame him. So, yeah, like I said, Mike, I totally respectfully disagree with you, but I really think that Gibson is, is going to be traded this season or this offseason. Well, if he's traded to the Kings, I think I'm just going to stab myself in the heart, Eddie. I don't know if no, I no, no, I, no, no, I don't no, know no, if, no, no, if no, you can end Mike, up there. You can't. <laughs> you, no, no, you can't because it's like you can't kill yourself. It's against like the Bible and stuff. So <laughs> I'll stab you. You stab me. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, if he, if he goes to the Kings somehow on a three-way trade or whatever, oh my God, I'm going to lose my shit, man. But... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You oh. you dropped two f bombs. I'm still waiting on mine right now. So. I know I'm gonna lose it. I mean, <laughs> if he goes to Pittsburgh, I'd be happy because, as as some of you know, that's my second team. So I I, I like Pittsburgh. So if he goes there, but uh, I, I'm with I, we we slightly disagree. You you think he'll go summertime? I I don't think he will go to summertime. I think it would be uh, towards the trade deadline. So that's that's kind of kind of where we're at there. Uh, but we both think he'll get traded. So that that's that's. Our final answer. <laughs> um, I want Buffalo, though. Like just, I said, and I, I, we, we talked in our group chat, too. I want Buffalo. They have assets. They have players that, that can really help us. And they have that... that, that Pekka Uka... Whatever his name is. <laughs> Man. But, yeah. But I, I think he has a lot of upside ceiling. He could be a um, he could be a number one goalie and be a top goalie in the league. Just I, I watch a lot of Buffalo games. They were really exciting to watch. So I was able to have more insight on that but i think he can uh, tef- definitely pay dividends um for the ducks if they want to move forward that he's slightly younger too so uh, wait and see and victor olfelson I-, I i don't know why I'm-, I'm so stuck on that kid well not kid he's 27 i mean it's kid for hockey age but his shot it just it's so fast and it- it- people undervalue him and on a-, a buffalo team like that at times he was a healthy scratch and he's he was a little inconsistent, but he still scored 28 goals this season. So he has that that kind of that scoring sniper touch that the Ducks definitely need. So I, I'm on that. I know um, people mentioned uh, um, New Jersey too. New Jersey, Mackenzie Blackwood is a beating RFA. He's been up and down. Akiri uh, Smead played really really well, and he'll probably be th- their next. Um, their next number one goalie but i think he needs some more mentoring in time so maybe a, a trade over there uh, gibson going to new jersey can help them out and he can kind of mentor a curious smead because smead's only like 21 22 as well and it's just it's way too young to be that established as a goalie and like i said they take a lot more time to develop so maybe that that's an option but 
I mean, once the, the draft gets closer, we'll break down more trades uh, scenarios for you guys. I know you guys love that. Like, you guys go bonkers for trade scenarios. But that's kind of a couple things that we talked about in the group chat. And there's there's so much more. And, and, and we'll break this down more in our next show. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and with that, there's a couple other names to get to, too, real quick. They uh, mentioned Henrique as well as out there. Uh, Cervelli kind of thought, you know, that Henrique would go this summer. Uh, if not, then during the season, which is what I'm saying about Gibson. But um, th- they think, you know, Henry can still, you know, he can still score 20 goals. Will the Ducks try to retain salary? Um, you have him. He would be a rental, right? Because he's a UFA at the end of the season, 5.8 million. Um, we also had, <laughs> I laugh at this, I had uh, Dane Ast- Ast- Australia on uh, Instagram said, you know, send Silverberg to the sun, question mark. <laughs> Silverberg's another one that we did talk about. He's at 5.2 million, also UFA at the end of the season. But Silverberg did make it known he wanted to go play overseas at the end of the season. So I think Silverberg is is a dead duck. Sorry to use that term, but I, I, I just see him finishing out the season and that's it. I don't see the Ducks trying to send him anywhere because he's already made it known that he wants to go to Europe, which has kind of killed his value. But Henrique is a, is a question mark. I, I don't know. They did touch on all those interviews with Cronin about helping the senior players too, not just the young players. So I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, if they do draft Fantelli second and the pick, you, you, you know, you're, you're building up your centers. Do you think you're good to move Henrique at that point? What do you do in free agency? I don't know, but I don't know if the return is going to be that good for Henrique, Eddie, because... You've got $5.8 million this season. I mean, yes, the Ducks can retain to make it a little bit better. But, uh, I, I mean, if he can go to another team that would want to sign him for more years, then maybe. Otherwise, he's just a rental. So, I, I don't know what kind of value the Ducks see with Henrique. And, I mean, a lot of this really depends on what Verbeek and Cronin. I mean, they have to sit down. Because, you know, when these interviews happened this last week, Cronin hadn't talked to any of the players yet. So, he doesn't know you know, that whole part of it, like the personality thing and all that. I mean, obviously you can look up stats and film and all that, but I, I think that's the question. Does Henrique fit into Cronin and Verbeek's plan? If not, then yeah, I see the Ducks trying to trade him for sure, but I, I just don't know what kind of return they can get since it, right now he's going to be a rental, Eddie. Yeah. You know what's funny about Henrique? I, I had a, a discussion earlier too on a, a Colorado a fan page, a Colorado Hockey Now. They posted about Pierre-Luc Dubois, a, a possibility for Colorado, and, and he seems like he's a head case. He he requests a trade every every season. He's only twenty four years old, so I, I mentioned on there like pass on him. And I always thought Henrique would be a good uh, fit for the Colorado Avalanche in that second line center. Uh, yeah, I, and, and people, a lot of their fans were uh, giving me shit about that, saying, "Oh, well, why are you gonna bring an older guy like a UFA?" I was like, "Okay." And my argument was like, "Obviously, you didn't watch him on a horrible Ducks team. The way he played, the leadership he brings. Uh, you have Gabriel Landeskog might be out for the, uh, the season again and might not ever play hockey ever. Uh, but the surgery he had, so he's their captain. So that really, really sucks. You have uh, Naku." Uh, Valerie Nakushkin, his his incident that happened in Seattle with the, I mean, not not put blank for words, but the hooker and the alcohol. Right. So I think I think that team needs leadership. They lost Kadri. They they try to recycle people, the rookies for the second line center. But I think Henrique would be a good fit for the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, his cap is a lot. 
Ducks would have to retain some salary, but this, uh, there's still Sam uh, Gerrard from the Avalanche that have been in the block for a long time. Offensive uh, player, a little smaller player. He's similar to, I want to say, uh, Sammy Votnin, uh, uh, Tyson Berry. He has a lot of upside to him. It seems like he might be the odd man out in Colorado. So I think that's something that the Ducks can explore. And then Comtois, too, you mentioned, uh, you talked about. I don't want him to leave it. I love him. I love his play. But I, I think it, a change of scenery would really pay dividends for him. I, he's built for the playoffs. His style of play, I think he, he's going to be one of those players that we're going to kick ourselves in the ass uh, moving forward because he's going to have so much success for a team. Just like Barbashev over there, uh, he got traded from St. Louis, I believe, to the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, he's having a tremendous season. I, I want to say he's not going to win the, the Conn Smythe, but he's probably should be within the top three of consideration to win the Conn Smythe the way his play is. But I think something could facilitate that trade over there to Colorado and everyone could be happy. And, and a lot of their group chats say he's old and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, cool, I get that. But with Henrique, he brings that leadership, the established stuff. And, and Henrique's really versatile. He, he can change his game. He's not just a goal scorer. He can be that that grinder kind of player and stuff like that. And, and, and really, he, he, he's kind of mentality where he puts the, the needs of the team first before his own game. So that's a lot of a, a lot of qualities and skills that pl- players don't really like, our teams don't really have. And I mentioned on that little group thing that I was uh, debating about with other fans, saying that hey, well, you know what? They can bring Henrique in at the trade deadline. They can really find someone to actually have that that second line center, and Henrique can be that rental. So that's one possibility. I, I'm still high on it. I wrote that article too last season about Henrique, and, and like I said, I, I watched. A lot of Ducks games, obviously all the Ducks games, I watched half of the freaking Avalanche games. And I, I know their team. I know Bednar's system. I, I've been there watching him um, uh, training stuff in, in person. So I, I know what fits their team. I think Henrique would be a great fit. If something can happen, especially with, with the Barbarian as our coach now, <laughs> and bring some assets over here, I, I think something could be done. And, and yeah, it's going to suck to lose Henrique because I wrote the article too. I, I think he should have been the captain of the Ducks. But I think he'd be a really good asset to the, the Avalanche, and I think we can bring some offensive uh, background back in our defensive end and bring some kind of draft picks or something. Um, the Avalanche don't have a good pipeline either. Their pipeline's probably in the, within the bottom of the National Hockey League. So if we can do something significant and big, then we can we can help them, well, I guess help them out, but actually better out help the Ducks out. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that the Ducks are going to make some moves. I, I think Henrique may be one of those types that, uh, yeah, could be a rental, a team that's going to go for the cup in the season if he's not done in the summer. Um, so I, I definitely think something can happen with Henrique there. Comtois, uh, I, I think Cronin can get more out of him, but, uh, you know, but maybe the change of scenery is better for him. So. I definitely look at, at one, if not both of those guys getting moved. Silverberg, I say no, uh, like for the reasons we already stated. So a lot of things. Oh, yeah, it's too hard. I mean, yeah. unless, um, unless I don't know, there's a hockey team on the sun. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 like the fan asked. Right. Like, like Dane asked. Right. I mean, if they have a hockey team on the sun, an expansion team. Yeah, and maybe that will happen, but yeah, his contracts too. Like you said, it's 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 gonna be impossible. So let's just write it out and and, and see where it goes from there. 
And, and like Eddie said, we'll dive into more of this, especially once the trade, or excuse me, the uh, the draft comes and then free agency and whatnot. We'll, we'll dive into more of that. A um, little bit more stuff here to kind of wind up the show with, but we had some more news about the Ducks. According to Elliot Freeman, he said that the Ducks are trying to look to get a draft compensation pick uh, for that failed Dandenoff trade that didn't happen. If you remember, the Ducks made that trade and then... Somehow something happened with the central registry where Dandenoff had a, a no-trade team list and the Ducks were on it, but the trade got finalized. They didn't realize the Ducks were on it, and then the trade got nullified. So, I, I don't know, very interesting. I'm curious to see if the Ducks will get anything out of it. I, I mean, you would think, yeah, they should get something out of it because it wasn't their fault. It was Vegas that messed that stuff up. Uh, but I don't know, Vegas might say, well, we tried to make the trade and the registry messed up. So I, I don't know, a lot of finger pointing going on. I, I don't know if the Ducks will get a pick. I, I think that they should, but I, I, don't, I don't know if anything will come of it, Eddie. What do, what do you think about that whole Dananoff situation? Well, I have a source that told me, um, I guess the league is going to give him the pick, but it's going to go to Chicago. <laughs> Chicago needs it. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm so kidding about that. No, um, I think it's, um, they should get some kind of compensation for it. They wasted the time, and I'm sure these trade at the trade deadline, it's, it's not easy. It takes uh, hours to get deals done to work them out. So uh, I think the Ducks are more than deserving of some kind of compensation for that, uh, especially the bullshit. The, I don't, <clears throat> let me see. Sorry, the fucking bullshit. <laughs> my f bomb <laughs> at the lottery draft. So yeah, I mean. Uh, they should get some kind of compensation for it. The time, the effort that that Verbeek put into to making this trade and trying to uh, to get some kind of compensation for the Ducks and better them. So hopefully, but I mean, don't hold your breath. It seems like the Ducks are uh, getting shot on this whole season. And then you know, on top of that too, Apple recently uh, put out that they're gonna change their uh, they're they're gonna have an update. So when you um, start texting and use the word fuck, they're not gonna change it to duck. So the Ducks are losing in all aspects this season. So, I mean, we're all screwed. You know what's funny about that, too, is I I haven't really talked about this, but there's a lot of times I went to post stuff on social media and I put duck and it switched it to fuck the other way around. <laughs> and I was like, oh. oh so Mike, what? I'm like, oh. How my. many times are you texting the F word? Right, like, right. So there were, there were times <laughs> that I would go to post stuff and like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram all like, I would type duck and then it would be fuck and I'm like, what the hell's going on, dude? And like I'd have to du- so every time I post something, I have to double check because I don't want to send out something with the f word and then everyone's like, really, dude? Like I'm like I'm like let's go fucks instead of let's go ducks. I mean that literally has happened to me a few times and I'm like. Why is this thing switching it? So when you posted that, it was the other way around. I was dying laughing, Eddie. Oh, you know what, Jesse? I know he's he's our main sponsor. We have a lot of sponsors. He's, we're sorry. This is like this is the most fuck words used ever on the Ducks and Fuck show. Yeah, this is so, this is the yeah, Ducks. Apologize and, about that. Yeah, this is the Ducks. Yeah, you can have the producer edit out. You can beep a few of them because I can't even count. How many times he dropped the F bomb on this show? Yeah, I guess oh, this is the Ducks and Fucks edition. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, uh, oh, man. Please don't name the show that. Please don't name the show that. <laughs> oh, man. I just want to keep saying it like that. That South Park movie. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, oh, my man. God. This show. All right. All right. Jesse's probably like, I'm dropping them from our sponsors. Like, they're going to they're gonna have to. 
I don't know where they're gonna go. Well, yeah, we're gonna be free agents. <laughs> I know. Maybe the the barbarian can help us. Our Alexis Downey, she's a friend of ours. Yeah, so. exactly. Okay, all right. So, so with that, let's get to the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup. As we're recording, they're playing Game Three right now, and uh, it's uh, it's tied one to one at the end of the first period. I did go to the first game, which was nuts. Um, I, and like I said, I had some weddings I went to in Temecula, and then I went to Vegas the rest of that weekend. And I uh, had a good time. It, it was hot at AF. Uh, I, I want to add any more F words, but it was like 90 degrees outside. We went early. We were just drinking outside. There's some some artist named Marshmallow. I didn't even hear this dude, but he's out there playing music. We're, we're getting all messed up. We're having fun. Um, it was an exciting game. Game one, because you had Florida getting a shorthanded goal early, kind of quieting the crowd. You had them score late in the second period to tie it up. Kind of didn't know what was going to happen. And then they ended up uh, with Vegas pulling away in that third period. So a very, very exciting game. Um, I did buy the standing room only tickets. Word of caution. Be careful who you buy them from because there's different standing room only tickets. There's three different types. I did not know this. So if you ever go to Vegas, every time I've gone, I bought uh, tickets that were in the actual seat. But this time I did the standing room only because it was Stanley Cup. I you know, was trying to save a little bit. It's still hundreds of dollars. But... Uh, just, just be careful of that because some of the standing room only tickets you can't actually watch the the, the game like the ice like you have a, your own bar you have a shit ton of TVs it's it's a really cool atmosphere it's like a club but just know that some of the websites don't tell you that they'll say standing room only and then you don't actually have access until you like get there and figure it out which is kind of what happened to us but we still had a fun time we still went there we still walked around watched the game at different places had a blast uh, I loved it. Uh, really, really good. We we had some people ask some questions. We had the uh, GAU THA map four six five zero. You know, talked about Knights Panthers. Who we think is going to win? I think the Knights are still going to win. I mean, I don't underestimate the Panthers. A lot of people underestimated them, and they beat Boston. They uh, took out Toronto. The Toronto fans were like, "We want Florida." Yeah, you got Florida. Uh, they be- they <laughs> that was awesome. Know, they beat Carolina. So I still think Vegas is going to win. But I, I, I don't I don't think it's going to be sweet. I still think Florida, you know, they almost won game one. I mean, they, they played them really tough the first, you know, 45 minutes or so. And then, then Vegas took over. Obviously, the second game was just stupid. Vegas just destroyed them. But, uh, you know, I, that, that's where I lean. But definitely a fun atmosphere if you ever go to Vegas. I've been there for four or five games now. The crowd was just going bonkers. Uh, a Stanley Cup game is fun. Uh, a, a little stat too. This is an interesting stat, Eddie, that I, I wanted to bring up, and uh, I was thinking about this too. So Stanley Cup final games, right? The I've been to all the Ducks home games, 2003, 2007, and I went to this night's first game this year. So all the Stanley Cup games that I've been to, the home team has won every single time, seven and zero. Very just I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. I just want to throw it out there. The Ducks were. 6-0 in those those games I went to, and then the Knights won this one. So kind of, kind of weird. So I don't know. Maybe uh, you should tag Vegas on that. Tag, <laughs> if Vegas loses in Florida, tag Vegas about that stat Yeah, and have them to get your ass over there. You know what? I have to be there too. So You know what's funny? I've never been to a Stanley Cup final game ever. So You haven't? That one kind of sucks. No, I've never have. Uh, oh, man. We got so, um, well, hopefully I mean, the Ducks like, will I mean, get there soon. Like when Ducks won the Stanley Cup, I, I was still what, 
I want to say I was, what, 19? Broke? I didn't have any money, so I really couldn't afford to go to a lot of games. I, I actually worked for a police department uh, doing a like CSO cadet kind of work. So I, I listened to the game and watched it while I was at work. I can admit that now. So so hopefully, uh, I, I know a few of the guys that I used to work with uh, listen to our show. So sorry, guys. But yeah, I did listen. To, I did watch and listen to the game when they won the cup. But but yeah, I'm looking forward. Um, I, I, I That's one of my goals to, to go to a Stanley Cup game. And I kind of hope Florida beats them on uh, Vegas on the road. Oh, well, we got Vegas on the road so they can come back and I can hopefully the tickets aren't that crazy i can go and, and kind of watch that experience that i'm as a hockey fan and i, I definitely mike I, I definitely need a vacation told you uh offline off the show of what i'm dealing with dealing with a lot a lot of stress so i mean i don't mind forking out the money just flying by myself and going over there and enjoying it and, and you know what I, I was over there too for i want to say game one no yeah no game i want to say it was game five and it was just amazing. The atmosphere, the fans I talked to, I was talking to different people. It, it just, and you know, my buddy is working in Expo. He does collectibles. He has like sports cards. He does bullion. So he was working until six. So I was like by myself in Vegas, the first time by myself. And I loved it. I just, I, I connected with different people, talking to them. It's just a great experience. And those fans are really passionate about their team. And I'm talking about them. And one, one fan told me too, which really got like, got me happy because we're sitting here talking drinking uh he's like and I'm, I'm reading off stats he goes oh you're actually a real hockey fan you know your shit and that made me feel good because like ugh, i pride myself on that i this is my life i love hockey this is my leisure thing this is my hobby um so it's, it was cool but yeah i hope that they come back in vegas and hopefully win the cup over there you know what i'm actually going for vegas too i don't know if i if i posted that or tweeted that i'm actually going for vegas i love matthew kachuk i love what he brings to the game but I think Vegas, um, the the way they're playing, and Aiden Hill, the little third stream backup backup goalie, is just pay, playing dividends. And a little fun fact too: um, the last time the San Jose Sharks traded one of their third stream goalies, he made it to the Stanley Cup final and lost. But he was in contention of being a Conn Smythe winner. This time, <laughs> San Jose traded for a fourth round pick for Aiden Hill. They traded to Vegas. Their third stream goalie, and he's in contention of actually being a consummate winner. He's playing lights out, and this kid's gonna get paid, and he deserves it the way he's playing. And I, I'm glad, and I'm happy for it, and and I'd be happy for Vegas, especially that shooting too that happened in Vegas when the before their first season. I think that Vegas needs this, and it's gonna be good. But may the best team win. I still want to go to Game Seven. I want teams to beat the shit out of each other because I want more hockey, but. Yeah, I'm I'm Team Vegas right now. All right, uh, that's how we both feel. We got w- one other question about it. Uh, Peterson underscore Rocky says, "Does it kill you to see Theodore Montour Mahura in the Stanley Cup final?" You also have Hutton in there too, as well. Um, is that does that bother you or anything? I know some some of the fans. We saw that post on social media and we reposted it and talked about that. And some people were kind of upset, whatnot. Does it does that really bother you that you see these guys on both teams that the Ducks traded away and now they're in the Stanley Cup final or you just you know it's like well they made the trades and I mean that's that's part of the game. No, because I don't think these players would have thrived in the system the Ducks had at that time. I think a change of scenery and the opportunity given to these players made them really thrive up. 
I, I don't see, I think these players, um, they, they would have said with the Ducks, they wouldn't have been more uh, as, as successful as they are right now with the system that was running with the Ducks before. Um, look at jo- uh, Jonathan Marcheseau that's in Vegas right now. He's he's probably maybe number one contention of being the Conn Smythe winner. He has 12 goals in his last 12 games he's played, and he's just playing lights out at 5'7", 5'8", smaller player. Florida traded and gave assets to Vegas so they can take him in the expansion draft. They didn't want him. They just let him go, and he's just he's killing it right now for the Golden Knights against his uh, former club, the Panthers. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't kill me. I'm happy for them, but I don't think they would have had the same success they would have had in their respective clubs as they are right now if the Ducks kept them because at that, at that time, the Ducks were – oh, my God, I'm like slurring. At that time, the Ducks weren't really utilizing them the most. Like Montour didn't get his best until he was traded out of Buffalo and he went to Florida. Um Theodore, he left and he exploded. Mahura, the Ducks, I think they were underutilizing him back and forth, up and down. Just didn't know how to really uh, uh, utilize him. But when he went to Florida, he played every single game over there, uh, career high in games, and he's he's been paired up and played really well. And he he's a great defenseman for them. And uh, you know what? I, I'm happy for them. So it doesn't kill me. I'm really excited and happy that that these players are having so much success and. Like I said, Montour, congratulations on your new kid, you and your your wife. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, it doesn't kill me. It's just, just I'm glad that they're having success. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm not, I'm not really that upset about it. I mean, Theodore, that was the whole expansion draft thing that got cut up, and that, like you said, Montour trade and trade. I mean, there's different things. Just like Carlson too, you know, was a trade and then a trade to the, you know, I mean, you had things like that happen. And I'm just happy for those guys. Uh, I'm, you know, happy for them to get that opportunity and go that far. So it doesn't bother. So which me. kills you, Mike? What? Which trade kills you? Oh, of those. Okay, Mike, you, you and I have been friends for a while. Like you're my, like my brother. So out of the history of Ducks trades, which one am I pissed off about the most? Uh, you, oh, that you're pissed off of the most. Like yeah. all trades. Yeah, all time. All time? Uh, Del- I'll give you a hit, deadline. Yeah, De- Delorier? <laughs> no. No? Similar player, but no. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Chris Wagner. Oh, Chris yeah, Wagner. yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Oh, man. You're right. That was one that was frustrating. Yeah. Oh, I thought you yeah. knew me more than I got to jump on I know. these other podcasts. Now these ducks pocket, they, they do a podcast, but... <laughs> That's funny. You're you're right. I forgot about Wags. Yeah, yeah. He's a unrestricted free agent too. If Boston's gonna sign him, so mm. I wouldn't mind Ducks bringing him back. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. Of these ones that we were talking about, with Vegas and Florida, the one that that killed me was Theodore. But that that was just because the whole expansion draft nonsense. That that that's what bugged me. That that whole I didn't like how that whole thing went down. But whatever. Um, th- we'll wind it up with this. We got a couple questions, uh, you know, kind of going towards next season. We know it's it's going to be the 30th year. We have the Jet 323 asked, do you think the Ducks will be mighty again? Then you have the Mighty Jerseys asking, you know, what's our opinions about the rumor that orange alternates are out of the mix for jerseys? Well, they've been tight-lipped about a bunch of stuff, but I do think some kind of jersey thing is going to happen next year. Uh, but they can't do like everything, right? The league restricts how many things they're going to do. So, I mean, 
this is really your options. They're going to do a new, you know, 30th jersey like they did for the 25th year, right? Something like that. A new alternate or a new home and away. They can't do all of them, but I think they're going to do one of those things. That's just that's just kind of where I'm at on that, Eddie. I don't have anything more on that. We we did see the 30th logo uh, during the press conference with Cronin and all that, but I, I think it's going to be something like that. But they've been tight-lipped. I haven't really seen anything, even from some of the jersey uh, accounts that post stuff. So. Something's going to come. I just don't know what. <laughs> yeah, I want um, my my black Mighty Ducks jersey, that the one I custom made. If they make it like that, I want some compensation for it, like <laughs> at least a free beer because I give them the idea. But, yeah, something's brewing, and I really think it's going to be uh, back to the, the, the whole original roots of the Mighty Ducks. We're going to see that logo again, so I wouldn't be surprised if we have – the similar jersey I posted to um, on my personal page and on Ducks and Pucks, you retweeted it, uh, something like that. But we have to wait and see. Ducks are really doing a good job of keeping a tight lip, though. Like this, it's it's really good, and hopefully, um, hopefully it's going to be good. And if they want to do like a, I guess a reverse retro or whatever, just an alternate jersey, just bring back the the eggplant color one and ditch the the orange one. I'm not a big a fan of the orange one. It looks decent, but I'm not that big of a fan of it. I'd rather ditch the alternate orange and bring the old school eggplant Mighty Ducks one. That'd be that'd be really really great. But we have to wait and see because Fanatics is taking over uh, next season, so we're not gonna have Adidas anymore. So we gotta wait and see uh, how that process is gonna go. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, as soon as we hear any rumors or anything, we'll post it. So uh, we'll wrap up the show. Well, well you pro- posted something too on our group chat, like potentially like what what it could be yeah virgin i know it was like lady ducks but yeah i can't really, it couldn't really verify that that was just some random person posting it but when we find out something concrete then then you know then we'll obviously post it so uh, you know i'm still looking forward to next season we've got two new coaches i think things are gonna look up we've got the draft coming up we'll we'll do a show obviously shortly after the draft uh unless some other kind of breaking news comes up but uh you know, it's looking positive. Things can only go up. So, um, with that, you know, around, well, yeah. let's make a deal real quick, Mike. Yeah. Real quick. Next season, first game, home opener. Let's go. Me, you, and Sin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's, then we'll do a like a small giveaway too. Yeah. So a fan that spots us, we'll just give them something. Yeah. Also, I I did uh, for our that reminds me for our fantasy hockey league. I sent the winner. A actually brand new Ducks jersey that I had, and a couple of Ducks and Pucks stuff. So check that out if you want Ducks and Pucks gear. It's on t- uh, tpnhockey.com is the store website. You can go on there and buy hats. I I, I sent him a hat, some some towels, uh, a brand new jersey I had, never worn with the tag. Um, so look for that. Same thing with our uh, playoff bracket. Whoever wins that one. Well, we had top three. So whoever the top three of you that win that, you know, hit us up too. We'll get, send you guys some stuff as well. So thanks for all the support and we'll keep rolling. And, and like we said, we'll have another show uh, probably sometime after the draft. So let's go Ducks.